Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You can be a Raptors fan. You're not a Blue Jays fan, but um, you wouldn't be uh, a Knicks fan like the Yankees because uh, they haven't been good in quite some time. Uh, other other words, um, yeah, everything's going well. Uh, two days ago it was 81 here in Buffalo. Now it's uh, like 40 degrees and it's um, going to snow today in May. So. Um, it's just the epitome of Buffalo weather uh, compared Maybe to the Maybe Al Gore was right, man. Maybe Al yeah, Gore compared, was right. And, uh, compared to the we, beautiful we really sunshine of warming. L.A. Right. Global warming um, but, and man bear pick. <laughs> um, the daily stuff's going well as well, so uh, I'll probably have a, uh article come out today and tomorrow since I'm off of um, my actual work. Uh, aside from the fantasy writing, so go to fantasyteamadvice.com and be sure to check that out as well as it'll um, go on their Twitter page so you can put the lineup in the DraftKings and hopefully uh, win yourself some money. But uh, aside from all that, let's get into uh, the quite interesting smorgasbord of headlines we have going on in, in the sports world today. Yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna chat about some NBA playoff series. We're gonna recap uh, yesterday's Game Seven with the Raps and the Heat. Preview the two uh, conference finals series as well. We'll talk a little bit about some interesting things that have gone on around Major League Baseball the last couple of days. Um, I guess one of them has been almost just over three weeks actually. The Jackie Bradley Jr. hit streak. We'll talk about that, and then we'll preview some MLB series. Uh, depending on our time. So, with that all being said, bud, let's uh, let's really just jump right into it. Um, just let me thank our partners quickly at R&B Music and Major League Fantasy Sports. 
You can catch the Major League Fantasy Sports Baseball Show every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can catch my other show, Major League Fantasy Baseball Weekly, that I host with Kyle Amore every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, some hot topics, some MLB discussion, and I think the first one is something that could take us really the entire show to talk about because it's just so awesome. Um, The Odor, Roofnet Odor, punching Jose Batista in the face. And we can start it right there, but really it goes all the way back to Batista getting hit by um, Rangers pitcher Bush with 99-mile-per-hour fastball in the ribs. And that stems from last year's Game 5 of the Division Series in Toronto. <laughs> so yeah. there, there's, there's been about six, seven months of uh, – the Rangers kind of waiting to get back at Batista, and I kind of, I don't I'm not a big Batista fan, but I do have to agree with him. It was quite cowardly to go after him in the last at bat of the series, and that's exactly what Texas did. I also based if you look at it from a baseball standpoint for a moment, this is a one run ball game in the eighth inning. Why are you hitting Batista to put the tying run on base as well? I mean, there's just so many things wrong with what happened here. Um, I'd like to get your opinion on it, Mr. Zach Sauer. Yeah, so definitely oddly um, enough that it was a one-run game and they decided to do so. Maybe, um, you know, they're like, oh, shit, well, this is our last chance to retaliate. So uh, although it's a one-run game, do we want to look like um, vaginas or should we just go for it? And uh, they went for it. And uh, they're upset, you know, like you said about the bat flip, but if we track back to that game five, um, the Rangers are the one that made two big errors um, in one of the closing innings that allowed Toronto to uh, stay in the game. So they should really be mad at themselves. Now, looking at the actual pitch and and punch, if you will, that happened yesterday, um, yeah, in the last at bat, it's cowardly. Yeah, they they should have done it earlier, but at least I mean, looking at it, they they still did it. Which I mean, if if you want to do it, you know, do it. Uh, I think they did it in a bad position in the last inning, but they can't go back now and and redo such a thing. Um, and the punch with Odor, you know, he said he could have hurt Odor and. Uh, you know, he could have. He, he didn't go spikes up, really. He just slid past the bag. Um, and Odor just connected with uh, – he looked like a, a freaking boxer, man. I mean, I don't pay 60 bucks to uh, watch the MMA fights or the UFC because sometimes they can end in 11 seconds. And it just seems like a lot of money to pay to watch uh, a fight. But that was probably as, as good as a punch as you'll see in any of those uh, – kind of uh, situations and for Bautista not to go down. I mean, he's got a, he's got a chin on him. Um, the other thing here that I thought was interesting is Matt Bush, the guy who hit him um, is actually was in jail um, this time last year uh, for like multiple DWI. So it's pretty funny in a second MLB game, um, he goes out and, and hits a guy that he had no, relation to um, whatsoever. He wasn't in the series last year, so um, 
although the the Rangers said that the ball got away from him. Um, I'm not buying that for one second. Uh, like I said, this guy had no relation to the series last year whatsoever, so he was definitely ordered to go out and hit um, Bautista. So I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of suspensions are handed down. Um, kind of stinks, so, though, because I do have o- Odor and um, a couple of my fantasy leagues, and he's doing pretty well, so hopefully it's not too lengthy. Well, straight up, in my opinion, I think Gibbons will be fined, Bannister will be fined, Bush will be fined. Um, there's going to be a couple players throughout the brawl who will get fined. Odor will probably get three or four games for that punch, and Batista might get a game or two. Right. Maybe. So do you, do the you think the punch is justifiable? The only 100% be suspended, though, is Odor. He's the only one who should yeah. 100% be, be suspended. Batista, yeah. I'm not sure if he will be suspended because when you really look at it, what did he do wrong? The other yeah, thing, though, I... Fly to second base, but is that really suspension-worthy? Right. The one thing I forgot to bring up is if you watch the video, and I mean, if, if you watch SportsCenter, you'll see it about 20 times um, within probably the first five minutes. Um after Bautista gets up and Odor pushes him, he does uh, cock back his right hand in a fist. Um, so or Odor um, could have just been, you know, protecting himself as he saw that fist going back, or he simply could have just uh, thought, thought to punch him anyway and just got to it first. But if you do watch the video, um, you can see Bautista pulling back his fist. Who knows if he would have yeah, went well, through with that, but... Is that that's, that's just all heat of the moment, you know? Like, I don't, right. think, I don't think any of these punches are premeditated. The, the, no. Him being thrown at, him being thrown at might have been premeditated. I really don't think that he slipped, the ball slipped and it went 99 miles per hour into his ribs. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just... That's, I mean, they have to say it, but I mean, I don't think anyone yeah. around the sports world believes that no. to be the case. Yeah. Uh, that was intentional, and um, honestly, I like that both. I like that both these teams kind of, you know, I like that it's heated. I like that the Jays defended Batista. I like that Odor, you know, wasn't going to take shit from Batista as well. Um, I like it all, but what I don't like is that this shouldn't be happening in the eighth inning or whatever yeah. of a one-run baseball game. I'm still a baseball yeah. guy I'm still I'm you know I'm watching the game for to see a winner um you know to see good baseball and that's just like it just makes zero sense if Texas would have lost this game because of um because of that because of the Batista run or the runner or like it's Batista being on base I I, I should say um yeah, it's only May, but that one win could be the difference later on down down the road of making the playoffs or not. It's, it's, I mean, it's going to be that close in the American League. There's so many teams that have a chance, and I just don't like it. If you want to retaliate, if you want to go after a guy, and I, by all means, they have every right to go after him and throw at him. Do it in the first game or do it in the first inning. You don't have to – don't do it in the eighth inning. That thing is that's the funny thing is that some people may have an issue with the the violence part. I don't care about the, the violence. These guys these guys are men. They're playing professional sports. 
They're, uh, you know, they're riled up. They're competitive. My issue is why do it at such a stupid time? Right, and they won't face each other again this year. So unless it happens in the playoffs, um, it's kind of a cowardly way to say, you know, here you go, see you next year. Crazy. It's ab- it's 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 all it's honestly it's just it's honestly idiotic to me. It's just it's Indeed. it's very stupid. I do, however, have a newfound. I always liked Ruth Meadow Door, and I've had my moments with Batista, but I have a newfound respect for both those guys. Batista being able to take that punch and yeah, being able to throw a punch like that, I have some serious. Right. I, I've gained respect for both of them, a hundred percent. Let's move over no to doubt. something. Um, let's move over to something else in the baseball world, though. And that's uh, Mr. Danny Valencia. Um, he had five home runs this weekend and three yesterday in Tampa Bay. Um, clearly, he's not the kind of guy you expect to hit five home runs in a weekend. But, boy, what a weekend it was. Indeed, and that, that's for sure. Um, his average is uh, up to 342 right now. Um, and with those five homers, those are his only five homers on the season uh, right now. And this is a guy that was hurt for a little bit. Missed yeah. yeah, he he missed some time. So, um, you know, he could have had more than five home runs. But this no, is a guy that kind of, yeah, this is a guy that kind of just. He's uh, a run producer, but he's not a power guy. Right. He got just uh, shipped over to Oakland from Toronto for pretty much nothing, um, if I remember correctly. So it was a nice pickup by Oakland. I think he's a guy that, uh the end of the season is going to have some solid numbers. And, um, you know, like I said, for, for pretty much nothing, the A's got this guy and he's going to produce for him. He's going to hit, you know, anywhere from the three to the five hole, um, depending on uh, the handedness of the pitcher. So, you know, he along with Chris Davis are, you know, some guys in this Oakland A's lineup that can put up some numbers. So, um, Although this team's not going to be very good this year, we know that. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice story to, to look out for, a guy that wasn't very heralded um, in any uh, respect in terms of uh, the real life or uh, the fantasy game and, you know, gets a new home in Oakland with new opportunity because um, we know in Toronto the uh, outfield was uh, somewhat crowded. So he gets himself... Uh, third base, um, if you will, gets to a, a new opportunity in Oakland, and uh, it looks like he's going to produce if he can stay off the DL. Yeah, well, Valencia was a very productive player back in his days with the Twins. Uh, then he kind of had, you know, one really rough season, and he's kind of given up on but he's always mashed lefties. Always mashed yeah. lefties. And uh, yeah, you're you're correct, Zach. The A's pretty much got him for nothing. The Jays put him on waivers when they made a trade, I believe, for Tulo and Revere, um, and you know had to um, had to designate somebody. He's 30 years old. He's out of options, and uh, right. he was claimed off waivers. And it was a good move by the A's because this is a guy that even if he only hits 250, let's say, he's a guy that if he's playing every day, he can hit 20 home runs or so, 18 to 20 home runs, and drive in 70 to 80 runs. Um, you know, you put that in the lineup with a guy like uh, Chris Davis who can hit some home runs and uh, Stephen Vogt is okay and Josh Reddick who's half decent. And 
you know, that's it's a big move for the A's, whereas, you know, you think of a lot of other teams out there, good teams, let's say, and they have, would have no room for Valencia, maybe as a lefty, maybe as a, a platoon player or a platoon guy that comes off yeah. lefties off the bench. But that's about it. But for a team like Oakland, you're totally right. Perfect, perfect fit. Going to have lots of opportunity to play. And I don't expect him to have many weekends like this again, if ever, uh, but quite the weekend. And, I mean, anyone who played him yesterday in daily uh, fantasy sports must have won some money. Even if the rest of their team was garbage, they must have won something. Uh, I swear to God, I switched him out uh, at the last second. Um, I switched uh, Carlos Beltran out at the last second. All went yard, uh, so I was pretty disappointed in myself, but that's what happens in the daily game. Um, but one more thing just about, you know, Valencia and the A's, um, you know, it can turn into a, a possible trade chip if he uh, plays at a, a high level like this and maybe keeps his average. Like I said, it's at 342 right now. If he can sustain um, anything close to 300 for a little while, maybe the A's look to deal him and get something young in return for a, a team that's going to push for the playoffs. Um, kind of what they're probably going to look to do with Rich Hill, who I'm still a little bit mad um, to you for about saying he was garbage and now he's having quite the start of the season, but his numbers won't sustain like this as well. He's got an elite strikeout rate right now. Sell um, high on Rich Hill. Sell yeah, he can Rich. he can lose command very quickly and get blown up uh, within an instant, so yeah, I mean, also kicking myself look, a little look bit. And look at his game log. Look at his game logs and look look at his career numbers. I don't have them in front yeah. of me, but I'm pretty sure it's been about ten plus years since he's been a full time starter at the major league yeah. level. So if you think at 36, all of a sudden he's going to be able right. to throw 180 innings and be successful? You're kidding yourself. Yeah. That's, no doubt. I, I'm just. I, I do apologize. I do apologize. <laughs> it's okay, but been that he's been decent so far for for people um, because yeah. I didn't even think he'd be decent at all. Uh, but it's, right. it's not gonna last. It's just not. Yeah, he last. Um, he got. Uh, I think for sure. Yeah, I think he got lit up in his first start or first two starts, and I did own him um, almost in every league. Uh, I mean, maybe five or six, and I. Probably had him in four or five, and I dropped him pretty much in every one after his first two bad starts, and now I'm kicking myself. But, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, a 36-, 37-year-old guy that um, was never a mainstay in the majors, had a, a, a long-lived minor mainstay league career. and then harder as well, Zach. Just yeah. remember that. Even when he was pitching in the majors, uh, the last 10 years or so, he's primarily been a relief pitcher and not a Lieber, very good one. Yeah. Right, and it wasn't until last year was at the end of uh, Boston season that his name uh, started floating around uh, in terms of being relevant in the fantasy realm. I mean, well, personally, he's gonna, I would have put my money trade candidate. out of guys, Zach, out of guys who finished the season strongly last year, I would have put my money on Joe Kelly before I put my money on Rich Hill. Uh, so yeah. far, obviously, I would be losing that bet, uh, but it's only been, what, six weeks? Yeah, still plenty of time. Exactly, but speaking of Joe Kelly and the Red Sox, let's move over to um, this guy, on the other hand. He might be the real deal, okay, because this is a guy that legitimately 
came up and couldn't do anything at the plate. Always been a great defender, but could not do a thing at the plate. He was known for being a very patient hitter, selective hitter, but it wasn't helping him, wasn't doing anything. Uh, bounced around from the Red Sox to the Miners, Red Sox to the Miners, Red Sox to the Miners. Finally, last year, got this chance in around August and really tore the cover off the baseball the last couple of months of the year. Uh, this is Jackie Bradley Jr. we're talking about here, if you don't know by now. And to start this year even, a little slow, and it was like, oh, well, it's last year, kind of a fluke, and who knows what this kid's really going to do. We know he's got a great glove, but blah, blah, blah. Well, all of a sudden, he's possibly the hottest hitter in baseball. Not Forget about the hit streak. It's, what, 21, 22 games now, Zach? 20, I believe. But he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark. He's driving it. Yep. He runners. I mean, he has 26 RBIs over this hit streak. I mean, it's not Insane. like he's just getting a, like an infield single, single here or a blooper there. Yeah. He's ripping the baseball. He has six home runs, too, in this time. Six homers and 26 yeah. RBIs in the 21-game hit streak. Um, very, very impressive. And I don't know if it was us that were talking about it on Monday or if it was a Thursday show that I was bringing it up, but can you think of a better place to be hitting in Major League Baseball right now in that ninth spot for the Red Sox in front of pretty much the leadoff hitter after once Mookie yeah. Betts takes his first uh, at bat of, of the bat, game? Right. Bradley's pretty much the leadoff hitter. He's hitting in front of Mookie, Pedroia, Bogarts, Poppy, and Hanley, all of whom are having all-star caliber seasons. And Travis Shaw, who's been arguably their best hitter over the last week as well. Yes, Travis Shaw is fantastic. <laughs> Another guy that had a great second half last year, too. And I'm glad. I'm really happy. He, I mean, I, I can't stand the, the Red Sox. We already know that. I don't really need to preach about that. But he's really, really been a great, great player for them. And what I love the fact that they were like, you know what, Sandoval, you're overweight, you're slow, and you Fast. stink. We're not giving you we're not giving you a chance to play. This this kid is earned a chance to play. Yeah. This kid's earned a chance to play and he's gonna be our everyday third baseman. Now, I mean Sandoval's hurt, whatever, no one cares, but um you know, this, this Travis Shaw's been fantastic, but the Red Sox offense really has just been incredible. But like can like how long do you think Jackie Bradley Jr. is gonna keep this up? And when this streak does end, because uh I don't think he's getting to fifty six or fifty seven, um, when the streak does end, do you think he will remain a a, a, a top quality fantasy player or do you think he'll come back to reality a little bit and be a solid third or fourth outfielder? I mean, I think obviously he's not going to get to the 56, uh, 57 game history. You, you, we like to say nothing is impossible, but that's almost untouchable as a sports record as you can get. Um, he's at well, 20 it's, right it's, now. You won't let it happen anymore, bro. You know, like the same right. way that, that Bryce Harper gets walked at yep. every other at bat. Just Very bond treatment. They'll just yeah, stop pitching exactly. to it if he's going to hurt them. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, once the streak ends, um, some of the peripheral numbers and, um, you know, his minor league numbers, I was listening to Sirius XM, uh, indicate that, um, you know, his power is for real, um, and he's turning around, uh, some of his plate discipline and his numbers 
can sustain. Um, not to the crazy level he's at right now, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but, yeah, as you said, you know, he's the, pretty much the secondary leadoff man if he bats in the nine hole. Um, some bat in the two hole a couple games ago. Yesterday, better than a six hole. It really doesn't even matter where this guy's hitting. This guy could be hitting 15th against freaking Nolan Ryan in the Grand Canyon and he's still going to get a hit right now. That's how hot he is. Um, since April 24th. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Since uh, the 24th of April, he leads the league in OPS, slugging, RBIs, extra base hits over his 20 game hit streak. Before his hit streak started, he was hitting a meager 222 to 586 OPS. Now he's hitting 322, the 977 OPS, stood for 15th in the majors. Um, so I think his numbers can sustain a little bit. I don't think he's going to hit well above 300 like he is now, maybe regress a little bit uh, under 300. But I think his, his power source is, you know, he could be a, a 20 home run guy, Um you know, they're going to come in bunches. Like, I think he had back-to-back freaking six RBI games, if I'm not mistaken, in this hit streak. Um, and I think in both of those, he had, like, two home runs each. Or one of them, he had two home runs. One, he had a home run and just a bunch of uh, ribbies. And I think he had, like, two six RBI games. So this guy is for real. Um, the lineup, you just, you know, you can't you can't pitch around him because then you get to, to bats, to Pedroia, uh, Big Poppy, Shaw, as you mentioned. Um, so there, there's nowhere to go. And uh, the legend they call JBJ uh, is taking the spotlight or away from my closet love for LBJ, LeBron James. I mean, LBJ, and now we got JBJ. He's uh, not too And easy. OBJ. And OBJ. Yeah, and and OB, wow. We got, we got a lot of BJs here. Uh, yeah. Don't get Everyone me wrong. Uh, yeah, so you come out of the sports buffet, you get a lot of BJ's. Uh, that's how Lou and I do not, things not down from here. The yeah, not from the host. There's just a lot of BJ's going down. Um, yeah, exactly. On the show exactly. at the sports you know what, buffet. That's this Red Sox theme, actually. And talk a little bit about some MLB previews. And the Red Sox are going to be, I believe, in Kansas City this week. And Indeed. this is a tale of two different ball clubs in 2016. Uh, we know the Red Sox have struggled the last couple of years to get things going. The Royals have been the best team in the American League, um, technically, the last two years, as they've represented the AL in the World Series. This year, the Royals go off to a hot start. Uh, however, their starting pitching is really letting them down. And their bullpen really hasn't been in tip-top shape either. With all that being said... They have an injury with Moustakis at uh, third base. Kane, besides his three-home run game, has really been average at best. They have not found a good replacement for Alex Rios in right field. Is Gerard Dyson and Paulo Orlando and the other guy, I don't even remember his name, really not cut it. Uh, Sal Perez is Sal Perez. He's fine. Um, Omar Infante, possibly the worst second yeah. baseman in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uh, too old, can't play defense can't hit. Um, so the Royals have some issues, and we were talking about it either last week or the week before. Not only do they have some issues, but they're not going to be able to survive these issues with strong teams like Cleveland and the White Sox in this division now. Last year, they didn't have to worry about those two teams. They both stuck. 
2016 is a whole different ball game. And then we have the Red Sox, who we're talking about, who are hitting like they just don't stop hitting. They are they are as good, if not better, right now than the Blue Jays' offense was last year. At this time, yeah, they're hitting beach balls right now. They're hitting beach balls. It's, and it's not you know like I think the Red Sox could walk in here to Kansas City and sweep them. Oh, without question. And you, and you look at you know the pitching matchups um, when you're looking at Kansas City, their best pitcher thus far is then Ian Kennedy, uh, but he goes up against David Price, um, who, you know, hasn't been great. But... And, and Price is fantastic outside of the AL East this year and even in his Indeed. career. Uh, right. So, you know, it's one thing you can say, oh, Price has struggled. Yeah, well, when you look at it, his struggles have been in the AL East. Yeah, not just... that that's a good thing. We're not defending him, but he's going right. to be pitching in Kansas City in the AL Central. So that's, right. that's a whole other thing. Right. And when you're looking at, you know, the AL East, that's where he's pitched his whole career. You know, in Tampa Bay, Toronto, and now Boston, he's, he's pitched against that division his whole career. So, um, hitters have seen him, and yeah, you look at some of his other starts, and pretty much outside of the AL East, he's getting near double-digit strikeouts or double or double-digit strikeouts. And um, we know Kansas City is not a team that strikes out a whole bunch, but their lineup is just not good right now. Um, they got Moustakas on a DL as well. Uh, Kane, outside of, like you said, the three-home run game, um, he's hitting below 220. Uh, Alex Gordon is gold glover, but pretty much nothing at the plate. Sal Perez uh, is who he is. You know, he's not an elite hitter, but he, he's solid. Um, and then you look at the two other games in this series. Uh, they kick it off with Porcello against Ventura, and Porcello is six and one with the three eleven ERA right now. And he's pitching. He's crude. Merely Porcello's lights crude. out right now, and yeah, Ventura's and Ventura. Yeah, Ventura is inconsistent. Ventura is yes. a better starter in Kansas City, though. I will give him right. that. If you look at this yeah. road, the home and road splits, um, he's better in Kansas City. So we'll see how that works out for him, but yeah, you got to give the edge to Porcello the way he's pitching. What's what's the third pitching match uh, of this series? Stephen Wright, who's been arguably their best pitcher, you know, knuckleballer Dude, against Madison Volquez. Yeah. Um, and Dude, just another wait. right, and just another uh, statistic to show how much this Boston team is mashing um, during Bradley's hit streak and just all their hitters, you know, seemingly firing on all cylinders at the same time. Um, when they were playing the A's, uh, they had four games in a row of double-digit runs, um, and the A's were like three games out of that, and I can't remember who the other game was. And then yesterday um, against Houston, they scored, I think, nine runs, and then the day before that, they scored eight. So... And it's not like they faced like super easy pitchers either. They did they did this against uh, Sonny Gray, who you know hasn't been pitching well really. I never liked him, but he had good numbers throughout his career. They tore him up. Uh, Lance McCullers held his own, but once McCullers got out of the game, they just lit up Houston's bullpen. Um, yesterday, or they speaking of Houston, up. though Zach, speaking of Houston and McCullers, sorry to cut you off. That's that's um, 
he's going to be a huge part of this Astros team because remember they haven't had him all year. This was his first yeah. start, right? Maybe a second. Yep. So he's he first, still shakes yeah. off the rust too. Um, we're also going to be speaking about the Astros really you know, on this show, but uh, this is a team that definitely has room to improve this season. Can definitely get back into that divisional race, and he, him, along with hopefully Keuchel and McHugh, kind of finding some of their success from last year. It's going to be a big part of the Astros during yeah. their spot. Boston tore up Keuchel, too. That was the other guy they, they lit up, I think, for like eight earned runs. Um, so, yeah, they're, I think they can go into Kansas City and sweep the series uh, easily. All their all their pitchers have better matchup against um, these pitchers, and their, their lineup's hitting uh, – as good as or better than anybody in the league, and Kansas City's lineup is is struggling um, as bad as anyone in the league. So it's just not a good time for Kansas City to be matching up with Boston. No, not at all. However, uh, you could have said the same thing about 10 days ago about the Yankees matching up against the Red Sox in New York after being swept in Boston, and the Yankees took two of three, then they took three or four from the Royals, and they took two of three from the White Sox. Right, so Indeed, um, yeah. as bad as it's going, it as bad as it can be going, it can be turned around just as fast. Right. So we will see. I mean, who, this is a perfect time for the Royals to turn, turn to turn it around. You get a, a series win against the hottest team in baseball, at least offensively, and you, you know you, you start to believe in yourselves again. Uh, this is a good gritty ball club, but based on those pitching matchups, I I, I mean. I, I just I, I don't think KC stands much of a chance. And I saw Ian Kennedy pitch against the Yankees last week, and he looked terrible. Yeah, um, that was his worst so season. So maybe definitely. maybe he'll come. He might come back to a little bit to reality back, too. He's, not, he's yeah. not that good of a pitcher. Um, right. He's not a bad, pitcher, but he's certainly not as good right. as he had been. Let's yeah, talk certainly. a little bit about another American League. Series, and I don't really care, even care to talk as much about the series. It's just one pitcher in particular, and that's Jose Barrios. Um, I'm sure you own him in a league or two. I know I own him in a league or two. Um, highly touted guy. Finally, he's getting his chance to pitch in the majors. Has not been overly um, productive and as good as people would have thought so yet. But definitely the stuff is there. There's no doubt about that. Still been better than a guy like Luis Severino. <laughs> so um, yep. you, you know you, you can't be killing yourself over that. But what are you? What have you seen from Barrio so far? And he's going to be pitching against the division rival Tigers in Detroit this week. Yeah, he he hasn't been downright awful, but he hasn't. You know, he's got a six point two ERA. Um, the one thing you know we can be satisfied with is the nineteen Ks over fourteen innings. Um, but he just doesn't he doesn't have a good lineup behind him either, so even if he does give up a couple runs, um, there's a fat chance for a win there. Um, and then you look at the matchup, he's going to be facing off in that, against Jordan Zimmerman, who's been um, pitching uh, lights out and pretty much went toe-to-toe with uh, Mad Max in his 20-strikeout game and still almost got the W. Um, didn't have the the fancy numbers, I think he only had three strikeouts in that game, but um, held the Washington lineup to, uh, you know, two two runs. Um, but, yeah, it's very nice. I think the stuff, like you said, we, we all know the stuff is there. I think he just has to settle down a little bit and 
I think we'll see his ERA, uh, you know, go down a little bit, but he's going to have um, somewhat of a, a tough time, um, you know, in in this division that um, is seemingly better than, than last year. I mean, KC hasn't been as good. Detroit is um, playing they're underwhelming, but we know they have the lineup that can absolutely mash if all their hitters are hot, um, as good as anybody in the league. Uh, so he's going to have a tough time, but um, he's a young, exciting Doc, pitcher, and Doc, he's going to be a very Cameron, good one. Doc, I believe Cameron Maven is being activated today, too. He is, yes. Yeah. Him. And so no offense even to Moya Ghost, probably going back. No offense to Anthony Ghost, but Cameron Maven's a little more of a uh, – dynamic player, in my opinion. Ghost really hasn't developed into what everyone thought he was going to. Actually, that's not true. Ghost has developed into Carl Crawford, but this Carl Crawford, not Carl Crawford when Carl Crawford was in his prime. Right. Indeed. Um, I was excited to see a little bit more of Stephen Moya play, but it doesn't look like that's going to sustain with Maven coming back. But Maven had a really great year last year, and I think he can help this Tigers lineup out um, substantially. Uh we saw the the run end of uh, Salty, Jared Saltamachia. I even said it on um, one of the shows, and I think it's coming to fruition. And like I say, the names of the people that disagreed with me, but I said, you know, as hot as Salty is, uh, James McCann was the starting catcher coming into the season just because he got hurt, and Salty is extremely hot. Um, we know Salty is who he is. You know, he, he's not that great of a hitter. He's a streaky guy, and once McCann comes back, he's going to get the majority of the at-bats. So I think we're seeing that. Uh, but with Maven coming back, and then you look at J.D. Martinez, who's found his stroke um, seemingly in the two-hole, hitting in front of Miggy. And then you got Miggy, uh, Vic Martinez, who went healthy, is a, a great hitter. Um, and then Nick, Nick Castellanos, who um, I'm not going to get too in How about that Justin guy, how about that Justin Upton guy too? He's also pretty decent. Yeah, um, and go take go uh, read my article that came out last Thursday if uh, you want to check out some in-depth numbers about Nick Castellanos. But uh, I think he's for real as well. He's in his third season. That's when guys figure things out at the plate. I'm not going to get into all the plate discipline numbers that show that he's for real. But you know this lineup. Yeah, it's, it's Justin Upton. He's in a pretty big slump right now. Once he breaks out, this lineup can match with the best of them. So um, we got a little off topic there with Barrios, but what's your thoughts on the young pitcher really quick? I like Barrios. I'm not too worried. I mean, we've seen the struggles from the A's young pitcher, Sean, Sean Manaya as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes it happens with young pitchers. We're so used now to guys coming up and, just producing right away, and it doesn't happen like that sometimes. You know, guys guys have to get their feet wet a little bit, and um, I'd rather a guy like Berrios or Manaya, you know, young pitchers struggle now and earlier on. Like, I'd rather them struggle now and then come on later rather than what Luis Severino did for the Yankees last year where he was amazing, and now all of a sudden Luis caught up to him and he's not locating, and he's getting matched. I'd rather a guy yep. struggle early on than struggle after already being great because right. then you start to question their confidence levels, and that could be a huge thing in Major League Baseball, too. Um, Zach, and the, I the Mets talk got it good. So. Yeah, I want to talk about one more baseball series here 
uh, before we head over to NBA, and that's the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals, the two best teams in the National League, oh, two of the best perfect. teams in the National League altogether. We got great pitching matchups, I believe. I believe we got um, Scherzer and Thor. Thor. I believe yep. we have Strasburg and Harvey, maybe? Harvey, yep. Yeah, and, Gio and, and I Cologne. don't remember the third. Yeah, G- and then there's Gio, Gio and Cologne. Cologne are game two. That's yep. a good matchup. Right. Even that's a good pitching matchup. And this is a huge series already. Um, both these teams are having good years this year. Um, Washington's probably still up. If you think that the Rangers and the, uh, the Blue Jays have some heated um, you know, some heated rivalry and uh, they don't like each other very much. I don't think the Mets and the uh, Washington Nationals like each other too much either. Yeah, and we were talking so. about it a little yesterday. I was a guest on the Sunday uh, Major League Fantasy Sports Show and we were talking about it and myself and Mark Foster both agreed that this could be a really big series for Bryce Harper because we don't see guys like Noah and Harvey avoiding him. Their egos are too big. Their stuff is too good. They're going to go right after this guy. He's finally going to get a chance to hit. And Daniel Murphy, the ex-Met, I would be shocked if he doesn't have a huge series too. Yeah, without question. Um, and it's uh, I love the love, love, love first pitching matchup with Scherzer coming off his 20 strikeout game against Noah Syndergaard, who's been arguably the best pitcher. Um, throughout the first six weeks of the season, right alongside, um, you know, Mr. Kershaw. But, you know, Scherzer coming off his 20-strikeout uh, game goes into a place um, where when he last pitched, uh, pitched a no-hitter um, in New York. And by all the uh, sabermetrics and what have you, uh, the, the numbers say that that game um, – in terms of game score and whatnot, was his best game or better than his 20 strikeout game um, in terms of just pure stuff and domination, I guess. Um, his no-hitter against the Mets last year was a better outing than his unbelievable 20 strikeout game. But then, like you said, yeah, you got Syndergaard on the other side who's uh, not going to avoid guys like Harper. Um, you saw that yesterday with Jose Fernandez went right at, right at Harper, and I don't think Harper – had a hit in the game, or off Fernandez, that is. So, yeah, it's definitely a big series for Harper. I'm going to get a chance to hit, see if he can, um, if Pillsbury Doughboy, uh, Bartolo Colon, well, it's probably Pillsbury Dough, old man, not boy, um, Colon will uh, pitch at him. Um, Harper can definitely light him up. Um, And we'll see if Colon can get another home run. Uh, and drag around the bases. Yeah, wouldn't that um, be something? Wouldn't that be something? That, I mean, at least he's not, that would be funny, at least he's not having to hit against Scherzer and Strasburg. Not right. that Gio has been fantastic this year as well. Um, and, I like the Mets more than I like the Nationals, but I think the Nationals are going to win this series. Um, I think they might even win all three games. I don't like how the Mets played in Colorado this this weekend at all. Yep. And, yeah, Harvey has been good besides one start. Um, really, pretty much, and you know, his last start it was in Colorado, but I've seen some good performances in Colorado over the past um, few weeks. A guy like Ruby De La Rosa, who we talked about on the Thursday show, he's got unbelievable numbers in Coors, um, arguably the best numbers out of any pitcher who's pitched there um, a, for 25 innings. Um, 
Harvey went there and gave up four or five runs. His velocity was down a mile per hour or two, and that's that's no bueno. Um, when you're looking at a guy who um, survives a lot on on his power, um, you know, he's got good stuff all around, but when you're a power pitcher and you're losing velocity, that's never a good sign, um, especially this early in the season. Uh, I don't know if he's still peeing out uh, kidney stones or whatnot, but he hasn't been – he's been arguably their worst pitcher um, thus far, even behind Bartolo Colon. You know, yeah, Stephen Matz is down with an injury right now, and maybe even Logan Barrett's pitched better than Harvey um, through his few spot starts. So I think he'll get it back on track a little bit, but I think the the bright young arms of uh, Noah DeGrom and, and Matz are kind of making people forget about uh, the rise of the dark night, if you will. Zach DeGrom hasn't even been that great himself since uh, since yeah, he since had his little injury and all that stuff that happened with his yeah. son. Thanks. All that has worked out now, but he really has not been that sharp either. Um, so right. the, Mets, the Mets need to figure that out, and Conforto has really cooled off since he was like, the best hitter in baseball for a few weeks Definitely, as well. Yeah. That, that's another... Uh, that's another problem for the Mets, but I'm sure they'll and turn just, it around. You have the pitching just, uh, too good for them not to uh, not to be okay, in my opinion. Right. But just think if um, that Carlos Gomez trade went through last year, and they had Carlos Gomez instead of Cespedes right now, how how bad that lineup would be? Because um, Gomez. Oh was, yeah, that know, was, I I know that that that's, that is so crazy, and I I I love this I love this quote more than anything. Sometimes the best trades you make are the ones you don't make at all, and it's right. just so true. Poor Wilmer Flores, you know, crying for nothing. I know, right? Um, let's uh, let's go over to some NBA action. We got about ten, twelve minutes here, I think. Um, and let's talk a little bit about yesterday's game. Raptors crushed the Heat in Game Seven. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you saw in that game specifically, but then I want to chat really more about these two uh, conference final series. Yeah. Um, well, we, we talked about it uh, throughout our, our sports buffet shows that Toronto's two guys um, weren't going to shoot as bad as they did their first game where they went, whatever, eight for 36, something crazy like that. And, you know, since that awful start, I mean, Lowry – didn't have great shooting games, but he just he played well all around uh, in terms of assist rebounds, and he's just a great defender. DeRozan's had a couple thirty point games, uh, but yesterday Lowry, it out. They just... um, Zach, Zach, I don't know if you're aware, but Kyle Lowry is actually the first player in Raptors franchise history to have two straight thirty five plus point games in a playoff series. Yeah, he he's been and he did that out in game and... six and seven. Yeah, he did that in game both... six and seven. <laughs> right. And and both of those games, he he neared a triple double. Yesterday, he went twenty five or thirty five points, sorry, nine assists, seven rebounds. And then you look at four steals as well, and that's that's a crucial part of of his game is the defensive stopper. He went five of seven from three point range, um, and then DeRozan chipped in twenty eight points with eight rebounds. Um, and the one guy that I want to highlight a lot, and um, I think was the the um, in this series, yep. Um, we obviously saw that the the Heat struggled without their big man and no depth. And Toronto had a guy in Bismack Biombo stepped up and 
close out the series, won 17.16 rebounds. Um, game six, you know, he had four points, 13 rebounds. Game five, uh, 10.6 rebounds, four blocks, two steals. Um, and then game four, where I think Valentinus was hurt, he, I think, only played pretty much a half and went 13 and 13, two blocks, one steal. Uh, so this guy's been Zach, arguably either. Do you know they almost called him Matumbo during the broadcast? No, I didn't. But uh, yeah, yeah was, he's been there. Was, um, he's been their third he, wheel. He was playing like that. He was playing right. like that, and I don't think anyone saw it coming. Yeah, definitely. And we we talked about um, when Valanciunas was playing in the Indiana series that he was their X factor, and he he was. You know, he was averaging a double-double and getting double-digit shots. Um, Biombo is not an offensive threat like Valanciunas is, um, but he controlled the boards and uh, played defensively with a bunch of blocks, and we saw that he struggled without Whiteside in there. So that was that was the big the big tipper in the series there for, for the Yeah, Heat. and speaking of Valanciunas, and it's a perfect segue, Zach, Valanciunas will not play in game one or game two of the Eastern Conference Final Series against the Cavs. This is an interesting matchup. I mean, the Cavs are playing so well, but the Cavs also haven't played in, what, like 10 days? Um, yep, Raps they'll have nine days to rest. Them, uh, Raps might be able to catch them a little rusty in steal game one. Right. And if they can go back to Toronto tied 1-1, they can win this series because during the season, the Raptors were 2-1 against the Cavs, winning both games in Toronto. Definitely a much stronger team in Toronto. Uh, we saw it in both these series that they've played so far. Um, they they can't if they go down two nothing to Cleveland, they're in trouble. That's that's at least that's that's how I see it. I don't I don't know if they will recover from a two zero um, the deficit. They haven't finished it yet, and in this in these playoffs, and they still are not really a tested playoff team, even though they've won these two game sevens, which obviously does give them the confidence and a little more experience. It just seems like a team that if they go down 2 nothing, they will press too hard in game three and probably lose it as well. Uh, as good or bad as Cleveland is, I think that the Raptors, if they play well and either getting this production from Lowry and DeRozan and Valanciunas can come back, they can win this series. But they, they have, they, Cleveland won't beat themselves. The Raptors will, if that makes sense. Yeah, certainly. Um... And this can go one of two ways for for uh, the Cavs in terms of their nine days of rest. Um, they're either going to, like you said, come back rusty and Toronto could catch them maybe in game one, or uh, they're going to take this rest and, um, you know, play with those rested, fresh legs against Toronto's, um, you know, game seven, you know, lengthy series legs. Um, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I don't think Toronto has 1% chance to win the series at all. I don't think they match up well with Cleveland, um, especially without Valanciunas in the mix for two games, I think. Uh, they can really strap down on DeRozan and, and Lowry, especially with LeBron um, being able to just take one of them away uh, by himself if if he chooses to do so. And that's what he does in the playoffs. Um, and you said, you know, they, they won their games in Toronto during the regular season. But LeBron's just a different player in the playoffs. He he just 
and at the start of his career, he wasn't. He he deferred the ball, and we saw that against the Mavericks. Um, but after that, he really took it upon himself to give me the ball. I'm taking it down the lane. No one's stopping me. And he's done that throughout the first eight games, and I envision that um, happening with Toronto again. I think this series doesn't go more than five games. I think Toronto can catch him maybe in game one, um, being rusty. But I think, especially without Valanciunas, uh, I think Cleveland takes both uh, game one, game two, um, and then Toronto just kind of scuffles down 0-2, and Cleveland just closes it out um, in four or five games. So uh, I'm sorry to say that, Bud, but I don't think Toronto stands a chance. I don't disagree with you about that. I think that if the Raptors go down 2 nothing to Cleveland and Cleveland, which is very possible, especially without Valachunas, the series is over in four, maybe, maybe five games. But where I, where I see a difference is if, and we both talked about it, if the Raptors could steal game one, I think this series changes entirely. They'll, they'll have three games at home, and they're, very, they're a very, very, very good home team, the Raptors. I've been in that stadium a number of times, even when they aren't very good. The crowd is great. It is a very good atmosphere to play in. And as good as LeBron is, and LeBron is the best player in the world, he's way better than the Raptors themselves. They're a scrappy team, the Raptors. I just wouldn't count them out if they go home tied 1-1, or there's no way they're going to be up 2-0. So tied (laughs) 1-1. You know, like anything can happen. They could. It would, yeah. like, don't be so shocked if, if 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 Cleveland loses Game One. Don't be shocked if Game Five goes back to Cleveland, three-one Toronto. And I'm dead serious. Well, I mean, we can agree to disagree. I just, I think. Yeah. I, just, um, I I personally think Cleveland's going to win Game One, two, maybe three, even, and then winning in five. Maybe uh, the Raptors yeah, just got a game. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Right. Go, going. I could. I could definitely see where you're coming from. I just feel like, you know, Lowry and DeRozan have to play their best games to get a victory. Like, they have to shoot like they did yesterday to get a win, whereas Cleveland can play their worst game in terms of shooting and still win the game just based on um, the talent of LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. Um, They could have one of their guys go – two for 18 um, and still win, whereas I think if Lowry or DeRozan have an off-shooting night um, that they're pretty much done for. I think they need both of those guys to have um, really, really solid games for them to, to stand a chance, whereas I think the Cavs can you know, have, have one of their big three uh, scuffle and still win games. 100% right, man. So it's definitely going to be a fun series, fun series to watch. I agree more with that at all. I just, as a hopeful Raptors fan, I'm hoping at least four of the seven games in the series, DeRozan and Lowry are hot. That's right. That's, that's their only chance of winning any of these series. I just, I just want to see the first round and the second round. If they can I just four seven games, LeBron. they can play hot and play well. They can win. If not, they're they're pretty screwed, especially against LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. Who the Cavs we will definitely be exchanging some messages uh, after every game, since we both have a dog in this fight here. So it's it's going to make for a fun series, and um, I'm excited. I mean, either way, 
I love LeBron. He's my my favorite athlete in the I world. I have a LeBron tattoo, um, but, bro. It's hanging in my closet. But um, uh, I'm an original like a, LeBron Cavs jersey. Not a right. second time around LeBron Cavs jersey. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if if Toronto went to the finals, but I they just would have way lesser of a shot to win it than. Can you imagine Cavs Toronto would, and OKC though instead of that would be so cool to see. That would be so how, cool. How cool it would be? Yeah. And, and you so know cool. Durant grew up a Raptors fan, huh? Durant grew up yep. the Raptors since he grew up a Vince, a Vince Carter fan. Vince Carter, um, just like myself. I still have a purple yeah. Vince Carter so, jersey. Yeah, so maybe DeRozan, maybe DeRozan leaves and goes to the Lakers and the Raptors sign Durant. <laughs> Crazier yeah, things have quite the thing. Crazier things have happened. Yeah, he, he either goes to Washington, um, stays, in OKC or just I makes a super there. powerhouse in in uh, Golden State. I really hope he stays there. In, uh, yeah, as do I. I hope speaking they both of, do. Speaking and, of that and Golden State, yes. that, that's the matchup we have, and what a matchup it is. And I might not get all these stats spot on, so please forgive me. But I think it's something like they have five all-stars in this, in this series, playing in the series. I believe through three of the last four MVPs of the NBA. Um, yeah. I believe five of six Western Conference Player of the Month awards this season, and all in this series. Um, it yeah, just be all the accolades. Yeah, it could not be more star-studded, but will it be as close to the series as you might anticipate? Yeah, I think it can be, and yeah, it's just, and just some even more statement about just how electric the series is. You've got three of the top five uh, players in the NBA playing in one series, um, and you arguably have three of the best shooters all time um, in one series with, obviously, Steph, Clay Thompson, who gets overshadowed by his, his counterpart, but is arguably got the best form in just pure shooting um, of authenticity of, of anybody, and then Durant, who's arguably one of the best shooters of all time. But this series is definitely going to make for an interesting one, and I'm I'm going to say it to all of you out there. Uh, Landers is a uh, genie in a bottle. He called this one out, said Golden State win games. Uh, what is it? What was it four, and then they're going to win game five or five, and then six? But whatever it was, yeah. My, my co-host called it out, and now we get to see what I think is going to be a more exciting series, um, just about how high-flying and just some the scores of these games could literally be 130 to 125 without overtime. Um, but the the big uh, X factor here is Oklahoma City's big two, and I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. I'm talking about Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor. Um, and Billy Donovan didn't play this lineup the whole season with J.D. Westbrook, Deion Waiters, Ennis Cantor, and Steven Adams. They did not play more than 10 seconds together in the regular, in the regular uh, season. Um, comes to the Spurs after game one where they get blown out. Uh, fourth quarter, game two, he sets this lineup up, and they end up winning the game. Um, they just started pushing around LaMarcus Aldridge and Tim Duncan and started making them uncomfortable. We saw 
Mark Saldridge go for 40-plus points game one um, and then didn't have a really great shooting series the rest of the series. Um, so in order to beat Golden State, they're going to have to <clears throat> have offensive rebounds um, and get second-chance points. Golden State's an average rebounding team. Oklahoma City was number one in offensive rebounds. So in order to win this series, they're going to have to be on the glass, uh, get great production out of Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor like they did against the Spurs, um, as well as having KD and Westbrook play um, above average. And I think they can make this series go seven games if that's the case. If Cantor and um, Adams don't play well and KD and Westbrook still play above average, uh, Golden State wins the series in five. So kind of like Toronto, OKC is going to need all systems go um, and things uh, bounce their way, if you will. But they have a shot in this series. I think OKC is going to win it all, man. I think they're going to beat the Warriors. I think they're going to beat the Cavs or hopefully the Raptors. <laughs> wow, the Raptors that's, that's a, I hope I'm wrong. But realistically, I think the and Cavs are going to win. OKC, man. I'm I will you. buy you it's, an OKC jersey if they win this series of if your they choice. Win the Warrior series? No, if, they, if OKC the wins final. it all, I'll buy you an OKC jersey yeah. of your choice. Okay, fantastic. And that's a deal. I like that call. That's bold, but they definitely can. Now, there's proof, too. I can call you out on it all the time. Right. Right here on the air. Say they do make it past Golden State, um, and let's just say Cleveland's there just for hypothetical purposes. Uh, They match up really well against Cleveland in terms of uh, those two big men, and Cleveland uh, doesn't have a big man that can score. Kevin Love is a a big man, but he's not a guy that's – a low post score like he was in Minnesota. He's just not that guy with Cleveland. He's a perimeter shooter. Um, And Durant can cover uh, LeBron um, just with his length. Uh, LeBron will still get his, but I think Westbrook will easily outplay Kyrie Irving if that was the case, um, offensively and defensively, certainly. So I think OKC would definitely, if they get past Golden State, I think they have – Easier, easier series on their hands going into the finals. So you might have a jersey coming your way. If things bounce your way, my friend. Lou Landers. Well, it looks like Lou. Yeah, has, no, no. I'm, no oh, Zach, Zach, I'm still here. Sorry. I was on mute. Um, no worries. I was on mute and I started talking and I thought I was making these great points and then uh, no one even got to hear them. How how unfortunate for me. Um, but, you know, I, I was saying, yeah, I mean, I would love it. I would love a jersey, but I'm hoping that the Raps can play well. And in the sports world, man, I'm thinking, let's go Raps, and I'm hoping that my Yanks can uh, just continue their solid play, get back to 500, because that's all they need to do. Everyone's thinking big. I'm just, I'm, I'm being practical, man. They started so terribly. They get back to 500 come even mid-June, which is another month away. They'll be just fine. Just fine. That's all I got to say on that front, though. Um, I guess we should probably say peace out then, man, because uh, this, uh, this, this little lady in my ear, you have 60 yeah. seconds. It's like, okay, lady, I get it, I get it. All right, um, we get it, lady. 
there anything you want to? Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say, man? No, I just uh, um, if OKC wins this, I'm gonna feel like uh, I got punched in the face by Odor because I'm gonna have to ship a jersey to LA. So uh, from the best in the West to the beast in the East, this is a sports buffet. Uh, come back next week. Oops. Yes, definitely do so. And I want to thank our partners at RB Music and Major League Fantasy Sports. You can catch the Major League Fantasy Sports baseball show every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can catch my other show, Major League Fantasy Baseball Weekly, every Thursday night. Thanks to everyone who contributed to the show here today. On behalf of Zach and myself, thank you for tuning in. I'm Lou Landers, and we'll be back next week at 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.